Welcome back to Small Town Missing. I'm Thomas. I'm Will. And I'm Rhonda. And before we started, we were talking, and uh, they were the other hosts were running over an idea of me reading through the script, <gasps> and somebody else taking over as the host for the intros and outros, but uh, I told them that if we did that, somebody would have to learn how to do editing. I can't. That's not going to happen. Rhonda, yeah. I feel like you could. You're very smart, you know. Uh, not right now. <laughs> yeah. Not at this moment. She has a lot in her brain. She doesn't want to have to add yeah, on it to it. It's going to leak out. No. Uh, maybe next year. Okay. I think that's a good idea. Well, All what right. is, uh, you know, so uh, what is new in y'all in your lives? I was gone in Boston for a week or yeah, however long it was. Yeah. Uh, absolutely nothing. I just worked constantly. Uh, I knew that. I said, that, yeah, that, that's, that's not surprising to anybody. What, Rhonda, how about you? Same here. All I did was work. Y'all work are hardworking. Work and research uh, podcast. I had nothing but night shifts. I did not leave for work before uh, noon. No, I was at work by noon. And I was there until about 11. Oh, God. I hated those like late shifts because mm. we worked at the same company. I won't divulge the name, but yeah, we did work for the same company. Yes, we did. Yeah. So safe to say just a, a little bit of room needed for improvement maybe there? Yeah. So, in some regards, I'd like to have a life. Ah, uh, I know. Just saying. <laughs> I'd mean, like, like to have a life. Like, I don't mind working my tail off. Perfectly fine. I wouldn't even mind working 50 hours a week, but I'd like to have some semblance of a life. What would be, like, your solution, you think? Four days a week. Four days four, a week. Four tens. I think that's normal. Or what I would suggest would be one week do four tens so you're there four days a week and then the next week you're there five days Mm -hmm. so alternate it that's what's called flex time yeah i think that that's uh you know i I feel like with the pandemic it just prove it has proven that you know a typical work week is kind of outdated well my thing is there are there's three others with the same position title as me yeah and then there's oh at least at least four others with the same with the same credentials as me, yeah, with the yeah. same roles, they can they have the same access I do, but they're part time. Yeah. So with that, we should be able to schedule it to where there's enough people in our position every day, but we don't all have to be there every single day. I agree. So I mean, we can all get our hours in perfectly fine without us all being there every single day. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to like take a. a- kind of an opinion of your of yeah. workers i think to be a business person you know yeah. but thank god i'm not yeah. <laughs> well you need a work-life balance i think yes. so and right now it just doesn't feel like i have one especially with like editing and stuff like that the podcast yeah. and having to you know because we dedicate a specific day for this i'm not yes. saying that we don't enjoy it we love it but you know it but is. Hard. yeah usually about five by five o'clock on that specific day it's podcast so it's like i I have one and a half day off. Yeah, because you're like working. Kind and of. and sometimes I that one day off, I sleep late because I have a late shift the night before. Mm-hmm. So like today, I didn't wake up before 9 a.m. Mm. I hate that too. Which is not like me. I'm usually awake by 6 or 7. Yeah, you're an early early riser I'll, for I'll sure. start. I'll catch up on some YouTube videos at like 6 a.m., get out of bed at 8, mm-hmm. 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Who are you watching but right now? We're not going to divulge that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Uh, but yeah, it just life seems not necessarily busier, but more consumed mm-hmm. than it should be. I agree with that. I agree with that. I imagine there's a lot of people who have that same thought. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm it, sure it's there seen, are. Yeah, on the Reddits and stuff, like of, of like kind of going through 
like specific people and like looking at how they're portraying their or like how they're uh, looking at their work week and stuff. I feel like there's a lot of people that feel the same way. Yeah, I feel like but it. It's good to have a hobby. It and is. our podcast. This is it, our it, hobby. Is, it is. It kind of keeps your mind off it for a little while. Rhonda yeah. is so good at it, and Thomas is so good at it. <laughs> I don't know yeah, about that. Will's been talking about all the comments about how amazing your voice is. I know. And me, I, I, I haven't heard anything about my voice. Well, mm. Thomas, you, like I said, I wish you can, like, uh, you know, you're so busy editing, we don't get to hear it all that much. Well, 90% of the time, it's because the software we use, for some reason, I, I guess it's an older version. Yeah. Because I was using it whenever I was uh, trying out for audiobooks. Mm-hmm. But uh, for some reason, it'll start skipping and it'll lose like a minute. A half a minute to a minute of our audio. So you have to like no look at. So I'm I'm sitting here watching it the whole time. I'll occasionally look up and uh, say something, but usually I'm sitting here just watching the meter, seeing if anything's getting skipped, anything's lagging behind. Uh, what it does is it's like it it slows down. Yeah. So it like stops recording for a little while like, as it's slowing down. And it just stretches some things out. It does some weird things. Oh, we've so had, I have we've, to catch uh, it and erase it before it goes too long. We've been a part of some tirades on this thing t- towards the the production software, haven't we, Rhonda? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, see the steam coming off. Oh, of yeah. It's like you know, you hear when that I start changing whistle. colors, you know, it's bad. It's the train yeah. whistle effect or whatever you know yeah. in old cartoons. Uh, yeah, do I turn exactly. red? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, just a bit. A little bit. Okay. You're about as well. My mic's purple right now, so maybe we have a red over there. It's probably about the same color, I'd say. About the same as a regular Folgers uh, coffee cup. Yes, huh? that's perfect. That's perfect. So that okay. one right over there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, coffee holder. Yeah. But Container. no matter but, what, no matter what, I've enjoyed doing this. And, yes. Um, it, it's always fun to get together with you guys to do it. And I'm always excited to hear Rhonda's silky smooth voice. But moving on, <laughs> let's start this episode. Okay, so we're ready. We're ready. All right. We are actually talking about three missing young women on this podcast. Okay. Okay, so this week's episode involves the three young women, uh, Ann Miller, Patricia Blau, B-L-O-U-G-H, hopefully I'm saying that correct, Mm -hmm. and Renee Bruhl, B-R-U-H-L. The three women were last seen at Indiana Dunes State Park July 2nd, 1966, so we're going back a ways. Indiana Dunes State Park is now called Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore. Miller and Blau shared a interest in horses, boarding their horses at the same stable in Illinois, and Blau and Brule had met in high school. At the time of their disappearance, Anne was 21, Patricia and Renee were 19. So oh, very really young, young women. Yeah. Yes. Youngins. Yes. About eight years younger than Will and oh, I. Don't say it. <laughs> hey, we're pushing 30, brother. <laughs> Miller left her home in Lombard, Illinois around 8 a.m. on July 2nd. She picked up Blau at her home in Westchester, Illinois. A Blau told her mother that the three planned on returning early that evening. The pair picked up Brule at her home on the west side of Chicago, and along the way they stopped at a drugstore and picked up some suntan lotion, and they arrived at Indiana Dunes State Park around 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And Ann parked her four-door 1955 Buick in the park's parking lot, and the three found a spot about maybe 100 yards from Lake Michigan shoreline. Okay, okay. I so, see. you know, got their stuff out, yeah. their blankets out and all that kind of, or blankets, of or not blankets, but towels. And, you know, just a typical wonderful day in the sun. Near oh, the yeah. Water. Did you love those kind of days, Rhonda? I did. You know, I really <laughs> did. It was way back when. Oh, whatever. <laughs> a couple nearby stated the three women went into the water about 12 p.m., leaving their belongings on the beach. 
When the couple got ready to leave the park, the three women's belongings were still on the beach. And this was around dusk. Okay. Uh, the, re- uh, the couple reported the abandoned belongings to a park ranger who gathered them up that evening and stored them in the park superintendent's office. Mm-hmm. The items left behind included Anne's shorts and a polo shirt, Patricia's sunglasses, transistor radio, and a wallet containing $5, mm-hmm. Renee's shorts, blouse, cigarettes, suntan lotion, as well as her purse and $55 in checks. Okay, so assuming they went into the water, they wouldn't need that stuff anyway. Right, yeah, you would le- you'd definitely leave that one on the beach, but typically, I don't know if they would have lockers or anything at the beach that you would put your stuff in. Yeah. Uh, apparently not, uh, with this stuff being left on the beach. But you would kind of think that they would come back and check on it occasionally, exactly, or maybe sure. one of them would be, you know, maybe reading a book on the beach yeah, and the watching. other two would go in, you know, mm-hmm. kind of alternate. But mm-hmm. uh, apparently that's not what happened. All three went in and, and left this on the beach, which, you know, maybe 1966, it was considered okay. pretty safe. Yeah. 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 Less yeah. likely for theft back then. Yeah. We got our wallet stolen at uh, one of our local parks one time. Not me, me and my other friend, but I was like, yeah, it's a little bit safer back then, I bet. Yeah, that would that would be my guess also. Um, now, Patricia's family called the park superintendent's office two days later on July 4th, asking if anybody had seen the three women. Missing person reports had been filed by all three families of the women over the weekend in Illinois. Anne's car keys were in her belongings, like we discussed, yeah. they were left on the beach, mm-hmm. and her Buick was found in the park's parking lot. Park rangers contacted law enforcement, including the U.S. Coast Guard, and the search for the three women began July 5th, including divers and air patrol. Mm-hmm. And the search included six miles of beach west of the state park near Ogden Dunes. What? So July 2nd was their time, Rhonda, that they went missing, we said? Yes, you're okay. right, Well, So three days after they disappeared okay. is when the search began. I see. So, I, you know, there was a lot of people on the... I believe they said there were like either six or 9,000 people on the beach the day the three girls disappeared, mm-hmm. three women disappeared. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people and a lot of people wandering around the sand, all that kind of stuff. I don't not necessarily, you know, I wouldn't think that there'd necessarily be anything on the beach to find. Yes. But a lot of people, a lot of traffic on the beach. I bet, as always, as, as it's commonplace, I'm sure for a lot of beaches. Yeah. Well, 4th of July weekend. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Witnesses came forward with information on the women's activities while at the beach. Several claimed to have seen the three women talking to a man in his early 20s with a tanned complexion and dark wavy hair. The women boarded a fiberglass 16 to 18 foot tri-hull, which which was operated by the young man. Mm. A beachgoer had been filming home movies that weekend and provided provided the film to law enforcement Mm -hmm. and the three women and the young men were seen aboard the boat in the film okay so like they have visual confirmation yes they did okay so they had those the four people together on that boat we never hear about that much no a second boat a 26 to 28 foot trojan cabin cruiser was also found in the film footage three men were aboard with three women this was around 3 p.m law enforcement thought the driver of the smaller boat dropped the women at the beach west of the state park, went back, picked up the second boat and the additional two men. The women were seen eating and walking along the beach, and this is, quote, after this time, which I don't know if that means after 3 p.m. I couldn't find a really good description. Or if it was after the noontime when they got in the water and were seen with the the young man. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that means exactly. They were seen talking with another unidentified man who boarded the cabin cruiser along with the three women. 
This final sighting has never been confirmed, but is considered reliable. Okay, so the information I found states three men and three women were on board the cabin cruiser, but I couldn't find any detail actually stating it was the three missing young women on board, like the detail given on the small. Yeah, boat. like yeah, was it? I guess they could have seen it um, based on you know that video that they talked about. Well, you know, I don't know. It depends. You were talking about 1966 home footage. How grainy that probably was. Yeah, how grainy was it? How distant? Because I wouldn't think the guy was necessarily filming boats on the water, but probably his family as they played on the beach. Yes. So maybe it just got picked up, you know, in the background. Yeah, and you couldn't really see probably from a, a great distance who that exactly was. Like you said, because I doubt he was filming these women in particular. Yeah, I kind of doubt that. And uh so, like I said, probably just in the background, and it's probably more, I'm guessing, this is just my thought, maybe shadowy, where you really couldn't get a good look. Now, today's technology, I don't know. They yeah. might have been able to have taken something and enhanced it, and I don't know if this even still exists, mm-hmm. but it would be interesting to find out if some of the things that they have, uh, that are mentioned here, if they can take a second look and find, uh, maybe find some more detail. Yeah, exactly. Maybe find some clues that were missed way back when. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we know that they were on the smaller boat, possibly on the larger boat. Debris was found near the Bally Generating Station of Northern Indiana Public Service Company on Lake Michigan, Michigan, just after July 2nd. Now, this is about three miles from where Ann, Patricia, and Renee were last seen. Mm-hmm. But no one reported a missing boat. No one reported a missing man, which we thought there was a fourth person on yeah. the boat if it was the smaller boat. And it's unknown how long the debris had been in the water. And the debris couldn't be tied to the cabin cruiser or the smaller boat. Okay. And no additional wreckage was found. So I don't know. The what ex- the debris was? Yeah. I don't know how much, how large the pieces were, what exactly. But they did assume it was a boat wreckage. Oh, okay. But how long? No idea. Yeah. So so you would think if it was a missing, like the three missing girls and possibly another missing man, like maybe someone else would have said that somebody else was missing besides these girls. But it doesn't sound like we have like a record that was kind of indicating that there was another person maybe. Right. Or maybe even, and it depends on where the boat came from, uh, maybe a, a marina saying, hey, uh, we had a boat go out with us, an individual or individuals on it never came back. Yeah, exactly. And we're missing the boat. Or, yeah, or we're missing four people, not just three people. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. not really sure. Now, obviously, drowning is a theory, but Patricia was a very strong swimmer. She could actually swim 20 to 30 miles. Oh, my God. Well, you know, these people, they were horsemen or horsewomen, I guess, however you want to say it. And so they did. They were physically active and they were, you know, quite young, 19, 21 years old. Mm -hmm. So, you know, very active. And Anne is supposed to have been... uh, almost the same level of skill swimmer that Patricia was. And Renee's family said that she was a a fair swimmer too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it kind of, you would think if something like that happened, you would have found someone. Yeah. A a body. Yeah. Or something, or like maybe you had seen seen something different. Yeah. You would think, I mean, it's obviously it's possible that they did drown and they were never found. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I said, that is a theory. Another theory, the women planned their disappearance. Now, among Renee's belongings left at the beach was a note addressed to her husband. In it, Renee stated her husband spent too much time working on cars with his friends and implied she wanted out of the relationship. Mm. And they hadn't been married that long. I didn't write it down in my notes, but I want to say it was less than two years. Oh, scandalous. Wow. Uh, Her husband and her her family told authorities they were not aware of any major problems in the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's odd. Why... Why would you have that letter in your purse? Exactly. 
That is weird. Could, I wonder if they could actually say if it was something that she for sure wrote, or I'm sure it was, you know. But um, I don't know. Yeah, that does seem odd, like to go through this kind of links to maybe disappear, if, you know. Well, there's more to this story. Uh, so ooh, I'm ready. Well, let me get there. But uh, yeah, well, the thought was that maybe Renee had been angry at some point. You know, her husband had uh, had been had spent too much time yep. away from home or not being involved with the family. And she was angry and had written the letter and then just had never torn it up or obviously mm. never gave it to him. Mm-hmm. So that's, that is a theory. But it's like, if that were the case, why would you even hang on to it? Yeah, true. Okay. Now, Patricia and Anne were out until just before dawn the day they disappeared. I couldn't find any detail whether or not they were out together. Patricia had told a friend that she was going to stage her disappearance in 1966 and she would never be found. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She had a face injury in March of that year that looked, and this is 1966, that looked like someone had punched her. Mm -hmm. When asked about it, she said she was having problems with, quote, horse syndicate people. Oh, yes. Oh, dang. Oh, we're getting into some mob connections here, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, we are. Anne had told friends she was pregnant and might enter a home for unwed mothers. Mm -hmm. So all three of them, I mean, Renee, maybe that's a little sketchy as far as, you know, a a reason to disappear. Yeah. But the other two, maybe. Yeah. I can say that's, oh, that's weird, Rhonda. Uh, This is an interesting episode. It's very interesting. All three women had horses at Tricolor Stables in Palatine, Illinois. The stable was owned by George Jane. George's half-brother, Silas, also owned a stable. Now, George and Silas were in bitter arguments uh, in the mid-1960s over horse dealing. In June 1965, George Jane asked 22-year-old Cheryl Lynn Rude, a horse, a champion horsewoman, actually, who worked for George, he asked her to move his car from the stable entrance. When Rude uh, started the car, a bomb exploded, <gasps> killing Jesus. her. Oh, yeah, my surprised God. you guys. You didn't know anything about this. I you didn't have not this. read this episode, uh, have you? Holy crap. That's like literally Godfather level. That is. Yeah, that is like a scene from Godfather. That's a Melba Lapidus level, I feel like almost. Yeah, I mean, actually, the hood of the car, I think, was thrown like 50 feet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, could Anne, Patricia, and Renee have known something about the murder? Mm-hmm. Makes me wonder. Oh, there's a lot of questions I've got right now. Yeah, one of them is, was it normal for George to ask her to move his car? Yeah, why would he ask his like champion horse rider person to go and move the car? Well, she him? did work for him. That's so true. she may have just been walking by and he's like, hey, I need to get my car moved so I can go do something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it may it, have been. It could have been a, hey, you're going, you're, going to the, you're going to the lot, so go move my car over there or... Your car's over there. Mine's closer. Just take mine over to where yours is because I got to go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, or it could have been, hey, mine's in the way of some equipment. Move mine and then you can get in yours. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. there, there's a whole bunch there's, of scenarios you can run. Yeah. There but are. either way, it was a lucky day for him and a very unlucky day for her. Bless her. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Now, Silas was a really bad guy. Allegedly, Silas Jane confessed to having three bodies buried on his property. A local sheriff took the confession seriously, but was killed in a farming accident before the property could be searched. Oh, my God. What yeah, kind of farming accident are we talking this about? This is the second time you guys, your mouth just dropped open. <laughs> well, it's like, that's not suspect at all. I know. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't tell you a lot about this episode, because this is this is cool. It yeah. is cool. I'm getting these reactions from you guys. Hopefully the same from our listeners. Oh, man, yeah. yes. So they're sitting there going... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Accident. Uh-huh. Yeah. And this is according to Unsolved Casebook, Charlie Project, and American Hauntings, Inc. Ooh, Hauntings. I, the search did not take place. Mm-hmm. 
So for whatever reason. Yeah, I wonder what three bodies he's talking about. Could it be the three bodies that we're talking about in this it, story? Possible. I uh, know. Possible. But here again, that, you know, either, you know, if something like that could have happened to them, that is a theory, obviously. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that they knew something and they decided, even though it was a, it was 1965 when Cheryl was murdered, you know, they disappeared a year later. It could have been. Maybe they decided, hey, it was time to get out of here. Yeah. Or they found out later. They found out too much? Like they could have found out close to their disappearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Found some evidence or something. Yeah. Something that was like, okay, we know too much and we're next on the list. Mm -hmm. Very possible. Scary. Now, Silas Jane is also a possible suspect in the disappearance of Candy Ayers' Helen Brock, which is another disappearance that we probably need to do. I know that one. Yeah, the look on his face is. I know that yeah. one. I just heard. I heard something about that case recently. That's so oh, weird really? that you said that. Oh wow, well, we definitely need to check into that mm-hmm. one because this ties with the same guy. Okay, now he was found guilty of a conspiracy to commit murder in 1973. He paid someone to murder George, his brother. I think George is actually his half-brother. In his home on his son's 16th birthday in 1970. Why? I'm seeing some inspiration for The Godfather in I all know. of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah on no his kidding. birthday on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Silas was paroled in 1979 after serving six years. He died of leukemia in 1987. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, conspiracy to commit murder. I don't know how long you would get, but that seems like a very short time. Yeah, true. But, and especially, if, you know, some of the other things, if you read about this guy, there's a lot going on. Even after he got out, there was a lot going on that was suspect. Yeah, a little, it sounds like it, Rhonda. Yeah. Now, as I said earlier, Anne was three months pregnant and Patricia may have been pregnant. Allegedly, both were married, uh, dating married men. Now, according to Charlie Project, Ralph Largo Jr. was on the beach that day. And I don't know if this is alleged. I found this in multiple sources, including Charlie Project, Unsolved Casebook, uh, The Indiana Dunes Mystery. Uh, Largo's aunt and uncle performed abortions, which were illegal in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of these sources did give their name, but I'm not going to give their name. Um, could Anne and possibly Patricia have planned to meet Largo Go with him to a larger boat for an abortion. Something went wrong, and the women were killed, so there were no witnesses. I, I mean, that's I also another that. theory. Yeah, I can see that happening. You know, yeah. And Largo's appearance was very similar to the young men the women were seen talking to at noontime on July second mm. aboard the trihull. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhonda, I, there's a lot of little things. I'm telling you, I wish they all could be possibilities. Uh, yeah, they could. And uh, according to Charlie Project, there have been multiple unconfirmed sightings of the three women over the years. And there always are, for sure, you know. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm hoping they're mm-hmm. out there. It wasn't anything sinister that happened. It's just that they realized, hey, we need to disappear for our safety, maybe even their family's safety. Yeah. Who knows? But that's what I'm hoping. And you know me, I'm always positive. Oh, listen, trying to be, trying to be. Yeah. So, and their cases remain open. I could find nowhere that they had been declared legally dead. I mean, the thing is, though, even if they, I mean, would they still, how old, uh, do you know about how old they'd be at this point? Because this was what, in the, you said 60s or 50s? Uh, 66. 66. So let's say one, they they were 20. How many years ago was that? So that's what, about 60 years ago, almost? 66? Well, I guess a little less than 60 years. 50? You said 66, so that would be 50. 54. Yeah, 54 so years, so they'd be 75. 70? So yeah. still, uh, you know, uh, potentially alive, someone's grandmother somewhere maybe, who knows? Possibly, possibly. Like I said, I try to stay positive, and I hope Me too. 
that is what happened. They decided, hey, we just need to leave and for our safety. Yep. That's great. Right? That's a crazy story. It is. It is wild. It's uh, very interesting. And yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you guys were interested, obviously, because I kept yeah, your attention. Definitely. Thomas loves the mob. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, sources for my episode uh, or for this episode will be in our show notes. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us and share. Yeah. And we do appreciate the comments. And we've got some comments that we need to work on a few uh, things, which 100%. we certainly will. But uh, we'll have another episode of Small Town Missing next week. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Please keep sharing and giving us comments. If you can come up with ideas, post them. Let us hear it. And you can reach us on Instagram, Small Town Missing. Yeah. Catch you all next time. See you.